ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Jeff Simons threw his first college roommate under the bus uh, for liking this band when he put up his gigantic home painted replacements bed sheet on the ceiling to make a statement because Jeff Simons was too good to listen to squeeze. Wait, well, wait, I am wait, here wait, to tell wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. What? You're not going to talk about One Direction? No, I'm going to talk about squeeze. <laughs> One Direction is better than Squeeze. One Direction? That's like a kid's band. Uh, no, I'm going to do Squeeze. Okay. Do you want to talk about One Direction? I would love to talk about One Direction. All right. Oh, yeah, this is the greatest. Yes. Over the moon. Yes. Unbelievable. All right. Well, I guess I will give up my slot because, as you know, Flannery is the voice of 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Yeah. Would you do that for us once real quick? 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. How's it going? Thanks so much for uh, jumping on to the 50 Years of Music podcast. Here is part two of our London podcast where we give our selections. Sadly, Squeeze got squeezed out. We'll have to do a, a whole podcast just on Squeeze at some point. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye. <laughs> All right. Well, we have uh, gabbled on long enough. Let's get to our three songs bands events movements whatever we want from merry old england london town who wants to go first perhaps our guest would like to go first oh, nina that's too much pressure I'll go, first. I'll go first um well i had the fun of living in london and listening to music um uh but i'm not particularly good at the radio and i'm not really switched in and i'm not an expert and i don't have any musical expertise so i'm just going to give you favorites Way and, to sell yourself. Uh, I like this. The very opposite of, um, uh, you know, on the BBC for many years, you had to wear white tie and speak with a clipped English accent. And then slowly, slowly, all the BBC stations brought in provincial and Celtic and working class and north of England accents and so forth. Um, but I'm going to do something that's really not quite fair to London because my bands are Celtic. <laughs> And Karis Matthews from Catatonia is Welsh and proud of it. But my tune is called Londinium after the Roman name of the town. And it's definitely a, a bitter, bitter tune about London and how tough it is. But everything she writes is catchy. She's okay. absolutely my ideal rock star. Um, Karis Matthews, born outside of Cardiff in 1969. So she fits 
right she fits in your here, yeah. And uh, um, she uh, is the front woman and the co-writer and was early on the guitarist with another guy for most of Catatonia. They made maybe four studio albums until she had a hit record. And I think the one this is on, which is called Equally Cursed and Blessed, the song Londinium is on, is uh, was their first number one ch- charted on the album chart. Um, and, and I happened to, I was in there, I was there in the 90s, 96 through 01 for five or six years. Um, and other bands I loved were Texas, Glaswegian, Charlene Spiteri, had a great hit with Black Eyed Boy and the whole record White on Blonde from Texas is good. Um, but, and, and I loved Pulp and Blur. And I think Jeff, you've talked about Pulp and Jarvis Cocker and we loved Oasis too. And there's, there's a case to be made for Oasis for sure. Um, and we heard it, I think recently with you guys, but Karis Matthews, I mean, you just, you cannot imitate her rolled R's, her growl, her coo. Um, she writes these big ballads. There's lots of guitar. She um, is a rock star who writes about bulimia and um, pregnancy tests and bougie women pushing strollers and consumerism. And she's hostile and she's rebellious and she's sexy. And I just love her. So from Karis awesome. Matthews. She also has one of my favorite uh, Republican songs called Storm the Palace, which is just one of these totally simple ones. Like, is it the clash? You said I'm all lost in the supermarket. I can no longer shop happily. Is that a clash? Yeah, it is. Storm the Palace. Turn it into flats. Make them all expats. Storm the Palace. (laughs) Turn it into a bar. Make them all work at Spar, which I think is like a giant Dutch retailer or something. The rest of it is just Storm the Palace, Storm the Palace, Storm the Palace. She's like that. She's and and her inspiration is Dylan Thomas, and she speaks four languages. So there's Ooh. lots of lyrical play, and yeah. she's funny. She rhymes, and I t- I think need rock stars and pop stars need to rhyme. And I don't have a lot of sympathy for these crappy near rhymes. And also everything's catchy. So from Equally Cursed and Blessed, the 1999 album by Catatonia, frontwoman Karis Matthews. Jeff, may we please have Londinium? Coming up.
like it. I like it. Yeah. Oh, that she goes, it just sucks. And then leaves oh. that long pause before she gets life out of me. Such a great joke. Yeah. And how long, how, you know, many times have I been there? I, I made 30,000 pounds a year. You're in a black cab coming home. It takes you an hour to get from Marleybone to Islington, where you live. Right. You know, it's cost you 35 or 40 quid. I'm making 2,500 a month. My rent in my little townhouse is 1,100. I had to get a lodger called Roger, who was Welsh, who I called Roger the Lodger. And um, you think, I don't have this 40 quid. And my black cab rolls through the neon disease endlessly. Wow. And then she says, Houston, Paddington, train station, please. Houston's in the in the center. Paddington's west. She's heading to Wales. And then um, make the red lights turn green. She just wants to get the hell out of there. And um, then she says later, I come alive outside the M25 which of course is the, what we in Washington would call the beltway. So yeah. you get outside the M25 right. and my own business had a lot to do with the M25. And I felt often just poor and alienated and pissed off in London. while also just having a fabulous time because London was very full of itself in the nineties when I was there uh-huh. and she was part, there was cool Britannia and there was Britpop and Blur and Oasis and, and Pulp and, and, and Texas, Texas was hot and, and she was part of Cool Cymru, which was Cool Wales. So it was a great time to live there. Right. Um, it, it was loads of fun. And yet you could just, you're just dragging your way through if you were in your late 20s trying to afford it. Yeah, get out of, If anyone could help you. Keep your head above water kind of thing. Have some, and this other line, have some dignity, honey. You know, <laughs> there's no... There's no way to have some dignity when you're trying to make it in London and eat out of garbage cans, except that we weren't quite doing that. Anyway, uh, she captures all that stuff. And as a storyteller, she can't be beat. They're all super catchy. So look look for the other ones. Look for um, everything on Equally Cursed and Blessed. But um, also look for Mulder and Scully, which is a joke about detectives um, and uh, bulimic beats. And I think there's some karaoke guys here on the show. Um, I can't do it, but what rock star writes a song about karaoke called Karaoke Queen? Yeah. Alter Ego doing karaoke. And she says, <laughs> hey, go ahead, dance if you want to. But if you really want to have the experience, pick up the mic. You know, so she's, <laughs> she's just always nodding and winking. And I love her. She sounds great. Ben, have you heard of her? No. No, no I, to flex this on me, and I was like, "You're gonna have to come live to do this yourself, my friend." <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's Tim's great. Got a new I'm, favorite band that touched all of Tim's warm and yeah, and I cannot wait. Like everything about that, I will that spend tomorrow with. But yeah, that's not fantastic. I love that. Yeah, man, great choice. Woo! All right, who's next? Want to do it, Jeff, or no? Well, since he said, "Who's next?" Ah, uh, let's go. What I did there, so. <laughs> Um, talked about the who a little bit in episode three of this podcast. We were just finding our feet, and uh, you know, I talked about who's next. I talked about the song Bargain. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little. I'm gonna take an extra couple of minutes to explain why the Who are my all time favorite band. So part of the reason the Who are my all time favorite band is just the accident of discovering rock music by listening to 
used records that I could buy for 50 cents at the Annapolis record exchange. Um, you know, and I would, I would, you know, I, I think I got 50 cents a week allowance at one point and I would, uh, go and, and like rifle through and find a famous record that I'd never heard and find the most beat up cheapest version. Cause it was really all I could afford. And I would take it home and I started with the Beatles. I, you know, the Beatles were really the first, I mean, I actually, no, I started with kiss when I was like six and seven years old because of the makeup. When I really got serious and started to learn how to play the piano and really fell in love with music, I started with the Beatles, but you know, I, and I loved them, but I admired them and they were, they were, uh, they were everyone's band, you know, like, it wasn't like I was like, Oh, I'm having a unique experience with the Beatles that nobody else had. But when I was like, I guess I think I was 11 I bought the a who's greatest hits collection called meaty, beady, big and bouncy. And it was only a quarter and I mean, this record was beat to business. I put it on the, I put it on and the first song wouldn't even track. It was like, bam, and it jumped to the second one and skip, 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 skip. And so the, the first who music I ever heard was tr the fourth song on that, on that, which is, I can see for miles. And uh, Good that song yeah. came in, came on. And I'd heard the who before because I listened to the radio, but the, I'd only heard Who Are You? Like, it was like the last record before Keith Moon dies and they're breaking up. And like, I probably heard You Better You Bet or something like that. But like, this was like, it was different than anything else that ever was so elemental. And it was so, it was so powerful. And it was instantly everything I'd ever wished the music I'd been listening to to sound like. Um, I just fell for it like an absolute ton of bricks. Uh, and then they toured America in 1982 with Kenny Jones on drums and the, the first of like 75 farewell tours. Uh, and so and I didn't get to go, but they were everywhere. Like it was just like all the radio was playing was Hume music. And, and I discovered who's next and I discovered Quadrophenia. And like I I became I, I started to learn how to be a musician because I just couldn't deny music as a space in my life. But I became a music fan of music fanatic. I became a musician and I became somebody who whose whole life is informed by music because of this band. And I say all that because it's important to, to acknowledge I don't have any critical distance. Like, I like all who, who music. I like bad who music. Like, I will play a who song and Ben will be like, that's bad. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's my bad. Listen I'll harder. Listen harder, Ben. <laughs> and I don't really want to. Like. I love this band so much and I don't want to actually, I mean, I mean, I make fun of them all the time. They have some terrible songs. I was playing um, a song called now I'm a farmer for B the other night. Cause B was like, maybe I want to try farming. And I was like, Oh, I got the great, perfect song. for it. It's Literally a song where at the end they're naming the things that they farmed in like a weird, like old English voice, like potatoes, tomatoes, gourds. <laughs> I mean, it is the weirdest, stupidest, and I love it. The next day, I was singing Now I'm a Farmer. Everywhere I went, like, now I'm a farmer. I I don't want to dislike any Who music, um, but they are everything I love about rock music. They are um, wildly unpredictable. Um, they, the Keith Moon is a flashy, brilliant drummer and completely unreliable as a timekeeper. He doesn't even have a hi-hat. He doesn't, he uses only ride cymbals and crash cymbals and then just beats a an, animal from the Muppets is based on Keith Moon. Um, and But animal doesn't play like Keith Moon because nobody can. And the wild 
improvisational, unpredictable nature of what he may or may not do informs everything else that the band does. So John Entwistle turns the bass into a lead instrument to fill in the space of the absence of a second guitar player and to try to keep up with a drummer that's playing like he's slipping and falling down a flight of stairs. And that insanely complicated, unpredictable, radically different rhythm section from everything else in rock music allows Pete Townsend to reinvent what rhythm guitar can sound like. It's incredibly um, uh, staccato and uh, flamenco in, in nature at times. It's incredibly powerful and power chordy. And then sometimes he just uses distortion and uh, uh, his Marshall stack and the, vol the sheer volume of the band as a weapon. So I'm going to play you uh, my favorite 80 seconds of rock music, potentially. If you had to pin me down, like, what is the 80 seconds of music that you listen to that, that that explains why you love rock music so much and, and rock being the key word here like you know i have all these students who are like you know yeah i mean i why guitars like you can have all these other sounds i can't really explain it but uh this is the closest i can do of like if, if you if you ask me why do you love rock music more than anything else these 80 seconds of music i'm about to play for you come as close as explaining it and if you hear this and you're like well, that feels kind of sloppy and weird, and and uh, I don't know where to put my way into it. I totally get it, but for me, this is this is the sound that like opened up an entire universe of experience for me, oh. and it's why for me the band from London will always, always be the Who. I'm so excited! So excited! That's Sparks, which is the instrumental that follows Amazing Journey on Tommy. That's a bootleg recording from the um, European Opera House tour. As part of the shtick of writing a rock opera, they got themselves booked into all the great opera mm -hmm. houses in Europe. That's from the Amsterdam concert venue in uh, September of 1969. Um and you can just hear, you can hear Keith Moon screaming through his fills. If you once you listen to it, you can hear the guy yelling in the background is Keith Moon because he's screaming as he tries to land that uh, another in a series of crazy fills. 
Townsend's not a great player, but he wrenches like everything he's got out of the instrument. Like he's, you know, those solos are, they're completely improvised on the spot. And it's just three people playing absolutely as hard as they can at the absolute edge of their abilities, not knowing if it's going to, you know, without, you know, having playing pull it off. literally <laughs> without a net. And uh, I'm, I'm internally inspired by that. I played last night and 15 minutes into the set, I reminded myself to like, I mean, I was perform. I first two songs, I performed them really accurately. And then I reminded myself, like, you don't know if you'll ever stand on a stage again, you'll never, you can't count on anything. And so you better play the next 20 minutes. Like you'll never play music again in your entire life. And I, I needed that to really let go and try to do things that were at the edge of what I can do, not just replicate what I'm confident to do. The difference between that, between replication and invention, between recreation and innovation is when this band is at its best. And it's, it's why I love them. Cool. That's well said. Bravo. So that was 69 that we just heard. And Townsend sounded pretty incredible to me, but you're saying at that stage he wasn't. Well, I mean, he's just not, he's a rhythm guitar player who occasionally is like, well, it's time to take a lead solo. Like he's just not a, I actually love those guys. Like I loved when Springsteen plays lead guitar. I love when Keith Richards takes a lead. Like the guys who understand what the rhythm guitar is doing usually when they jump out, here's something that a lead player doesn't, right? Like a lead player is like, okay, everybody clear out of the way. <clears throat> and they crack some knuckles and here comes this incredible, sometimes that's mind blowing. But yeah. frequently the guitar playing I like is the angular accidental discovery guitar playing that takes a song sideways. And I think Townsend's yeah. the king of that. Like I've seen this band live 25 times. And I've never seen him replicate a solo. He replicates riffs, parts, right? Things you're really anticipating. But when he, and it's completely unpredictable when he'll go for a solo. Like he'll just, in the middle of a song, I've seen him play 15 times. I'll just see him get a wild hair and just start doing something completely different. The fact that he's still doing that, I just think it's just his nature as a creator. He can't, he he doesn't want to be there. Like he tours for the money. He's a transactional schmuck. Oh, really? Oh, I get him, and about thirty minutes into the into the concert, he's windmilling and bleeding, and he just can't help himself. And <laughs> and I appreciate that. Okay, good stuff, man. That was great. So uh, I am a fan of passion in all its forms, and one of my favorite things about Jeff is this exact thing: how much he loves uh-huh. the Who. Um, in your life, you should have a friend who's crazier than you are. So when India would complain about my collection of CDs, I'd be like, yeah. it could be worse. Could Jeff's be worse. got awful. Yeah. And I would get in an argument with somebody at a party and I'd be like, yeah, the Stones are just way better than the Beatles. And they'd be like, you're such an idiot. And I'm like, you think I'm an idiot? My friend thinks the Who's better than both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone at the party's like, whoa. No, they're like, whoa, all right. Like it sort of moves you. It changes the Overton window. Like it moves you more into normal when you're like, my friend's so crazy. He thinks black. That's great. I am, I am uh, Ben's Fox News when it comes to music. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So all of that stuff makes me really happy. Um, it is it is just one of those things where it's like, I, I really, really, really like The Who. I just don't like them. I don't like them as much. Like, yeah, right. I, I, just can't, I do not hear it in the exact same fashion. All right, so you might not walk around humming the farmer song, is what you're no. saying. No. And believe me, you, you should not do it. 
they have a lot of goofy shit like that. And it's right. Ben's right that one of the best songs they ever recorded is an instrumental called Dogs Park. Oh, I love that one. Dogs Park 2. Yeah, totally. a, dr- a drum solo with people going arf, arf, in the background, but it kills. It's so good. <laughs> All right, Benji, what do you got? All right. So uh, this is actually closely connected to the comment I just made. Uh, but first, I want to make an apology to the city of London. Hopefully, we've got the Hosannas out of the way. Like, it's the best music city ever. I could do the Rolling Stones the way Jeff did uh, the Who, but I'm not. All right, so let me give a description of my method of finding new music as an explanation for what's about to happen. All right, so there's a website called Metacritic, and they gather uh, reviews of all sorts of things. They've got a video game section. they got a movie section. Um, and actually, so it's like, I also like movies, but I have pretty strong opinions about the reviewers. Weirdly, for for record reviews, I just don't. Like, I don't even particularly think that the New York Times or the LA Times is better than Pitchfork, which is better than Sound Soundgum or whatever, like, or Stereogum. Like, I just don't have an opinion on it. So the nice thing about Metacritic is they just gather all of these interviews, and then they aggregate them, and then they slap an almost random number on it. And the numbers go from zero to 100. And uh, new records come out every Friday and any record that gets more than five reviews, they just put up and they give the average of the, of the critics. And so that I, uh, so I go to this stupid website once a week and then I hand write out a list of every album that's come out that's 80 or above. And then I listen through it. And by listen, I mean, sometimes I skip through it. And actually now I've been doing this for so long. There are whole genres that I don't listen to. So it turns out that there's three different websites dedicated to death metal. And so all you need is two other places to review a death metal record. And all of a sudden you've got an 85 for death metal. Uh, there's an unbelievably hilarious band called Sun O. And that's it's actually pronounced like wah, wah, wah. Like it doesn't have a regular pronunciation, but it's spelled S-U-N-N, eight parentheses, the letter O, and another eight parentheses on the other side. They only scream in Latin. And every song is 15 minutes long. And every record is like, this is the best record that ever came out. Like, the reviews are like, I can't believe how Sun O did it again. Unbelievable. So that genre I avoid. Um, the folky singer-songwritery one, like critics love that shit so much that it's like they get like there's good records in that that genre that come out, and then all the way down, like the 15th best singer-songwriter female record of the year is an 85. And so I, I get tired of that. That being said, there are other weird subgenres that I would never, ever listen to that due to the critics, I have come to absolutely love. And one of them I've mentioned before is mumbling. (laughs) I love mumbling weird poetry over boring backtracks. Like I just, I can't get enough of it. It's so fantastic. (laughs) So, so, hey, Jeff, Ian Dury. Oh. What can you tell us about Ian Dury? Ian Dury's part of the great kind of first wave of British punkers. Uh, he comes out of pub rock, like Nick Lowe, Brinsley Schwartz. But he he has his big uh, break around uh, the Sex Pistols, Damned, Clash, Elvis Costello, Stiff Records, first wave. And his record made me very uncomfortable because it was called New Boots and Panties. And I, still, I still don't like saying that fourth word. Yeah, yeah so... <laughs> So our friend Ian Dury, born in London, gets polio in a London swimming pool. Oh. 
oh. it gets put in like a, a, a home for kids who will die soon, whatever they call oh, it. At an age, right? They park him in this, this place where he's supposed to die. He lives through polio and then he's mad as hell. He's super <laughs> mad about how he was treated as a kid. So he starts being in bands in 1970. And in 1971, he has his son, Baxter Dury, who in okay. fact is on the cover of the record that Jeff has. It's Ian Dury and his son standing next to him. Jeff, what are the two big hits for Ian Dury? The most uh, played songs on Spotify. Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. It's yeah. the greatest. Okay, so these songs are, are not good. I think Ian Dury kind of sucks. I got the other one, too. Let's which hear is, it. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit, Hit me. me with your rhythm stick. I'm super chicken, baby. <laughs> Uh, in Baxter Dury, his son, who has since written a memoir about how shitty it was to be Ian Dury's son. Oh, man. He tells the story that he's getting beat up on the playground by bullies, and they're hitting him with a stick, singing his dad's song to oh, him. They that's... beat him with a stick. Which I, was like, I love oh, these bullies. That's an amazing joke. Good job by them. <laughs> oh. So... He's born in 71, and his dad's just a useless POS, right? He's got no money. His family's on the dole. His dad's not taking care of him. In 77, all of a sudden, he has two hits in one year, uh, and he's touring with Elvis Costello, with Ian Dury and the Blockheads. So he's some of the live stiff stories making it. And uh, so uh, Baxter moves in with his dad. And so it's him and his dad and a drug dealer all living together in London. Uh, hilarity ensues, according to the biography. <laughs> it's a sitcom. Well, according to the memoir. And uh, by the time he's 14... Moranis is in this movie, right? <laughs> by the time he's 14, he's dropped out, of, dropped out of school altogether, and he's just getting high all the time, and it's a complete wastrel. Uh, and he's lost touch with his mom. Anyhow, his dad manages to hang on. Like his dad's Wikipedia page presents as if he's a real musical artist. Uh, his dad dies in the year 2000 of cancer. Oh, and um, Baxter Dury sings his dad's songs at the funeral. And it's like, you know what beats being a useless drug addict is being a useless drug addict who's also a musician. And he launches his own solo career. Let's go. He's got six different solo records. Baxter Let's go, Dury. Baxter. So I'm going to go ahead and announce a mixed bag. They're a mixed bag, these records. <laughs> However, the last two ones were off the hook for Medicare. <laughs> They were like 86, 87, and I got them, and they're fucking fantastic. They're great. Really? I love them. They're so good. So the, the 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 one before the most recent one is called The Night Crawlers, and it's a great so, – so obviously, this guy is not – just to clarify, I'm not saying this is the best act from London. Okay. <laughs> that being said, it's weirdly super London-y. Like, it's so specific, everything about this goofy story. Like, his dad is this minor pop star, and then he lives his own life, like, kind of siphoning off his dad. He refers to himself as a discount Nepo baby, which I think is a great name for his actual career. <laughs> and then the records actually weirdly sound like his dad. His dad basically sang over a proto-disco punk beat. But singing, he didn't sing. He just mumbled and, and yelled things about like sex and drugs and rock and roll are all I need. Like that's the actual song. Yeah. Uh, and that, so that's what the stupid Baxter Dury songs sound like. Jeff, if you will go to Sleep People, 
and move to the 45 second mark. He does this weird mumbling, like scat poetry. And then a woman comes in singing and then he mumbles some more. And that's the whole song. And I can't say enough about how much I love it. Coming up. There's free drinks for the pencil fin. And there's nowhere that are swans and patios. There's nowhere deep to swim and the great writers of fashion. Amazing. amazing. I mean, it just murders me every time. It's so unbelievably stupid and funny and weirdly great. It just makes me super happy. Yeah. Totally. totally. <laughs> and again, this is similar to the, the great joys of friendship. It's like this is one of the joys of uh being a complete lunatic about music. It's like when I found this record, yeah. I was like, oh, oh I was so overjoyed by it. <laughs> I put this on my running mix. This was a song that I like to listen to while I was dragging my ass through six miles because it made me so happy. Sleep people. Didn't somebody a couple of minutes say, like, it's really good to have a friend who's crazier than you yeah. are? There was a moment. There was a moment in this podcast where I was the crazy one, but it only lasted about 47 seconds. It was like the way you find new music is you go to this website, (laughs) all the research on planet Earth. So you can find (laughs) this song and play it incessantly through a decade of your life. Yeah. (laughs) I love this band. I think at the beginning of this podcast, though. Ben found his music on a, a Russian Napster site, which I would call Discount Napster, if, yeah. if that makes any sense. And oh. wouldn't listen to Spotify because he said, oh, go ahead. Just be a slave to your corporate masters. Yeah, <laughs> I remember and, that. And I said, well, if I want to listen to something on Spotify, I'd just look up the artist and listen to the whole album all the way through. I'd listen to an album. I don't have any more corporate masters than the Discount Russian Napster site. <laughs> But I'm going to try Metacritic because you've recommended that before. And it's a good way to broaden my horizons. But I'm I'm still willing to bet a nickel that Tim is going to like my several Catatonia songs. He's going to find them really catchy. I'm excited about Catatonia. He's going to like them more than this. But who do you think is Ben's partner in Russian Mafia site? Good job. Ben and I are the best customers that Russian Mafia site has ever had. I, I think we're probably holding it together, just the two of us. So, no, dude, I can't go to it thanks to the stupid Ukraine war. Yeah. We don't know for sure that it's, it's Russian. It could be Ukrainian. <laughs> okay. Uh, Baxter Drury, just for those listening at home, if they want to look, look him up. That's yeah, for amazing. sure. Unbelievable. Well, we have been going for quite some time. I think it's time to bring this puppy home. Um, I'm so excited that we're in London because this is a band that has been much maligned from the very beginning of this podcast. 
Jeff Simons threw his first college roommate under the bus uh, for liking this band when he put up his gigantic home painted replacements bedsheet on the ceiling to make a statement because Jeff Simons was too good to listen to Squeeze. Wait, well, wait, I am wait, here wait, to tell wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. What? You're not going to talk about One Direction? No, I'm going to talk about Squeeze. <laughs> One Direction is better than Squeeze. One Direction? That's like a kid's band. Uh, no, I'm going to do Squeeze. Okay. Do you want to talk about One Direction? I would love to talk about One Direction. All right. Oh, yeah, this is the greatest. Yes. Over the moon. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. All right. Well, I guess I will give up my slot because, as you know, Flannery is the voice of 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Yeah. Would you do that for us once real quick? I, I don't think I can get my voice that <laughs> high anymore. The little known fact, when she says the title sequence to our podcast, we do that fresh every week. I re-record her every... No, I'm kidding, Nina. That oh. was a joke, Nina. Come on now. <laughs> All right. Hey, Flannery, before you do One Direction, which I can't wait for, I note that you're down there in the basement with your dad. Blink twice if you need help. Like if he's got you handcuffed down there. Like yeah, I'm a little worried about the treble light in the in the insulation. Does that ever fall on you? No, this is perfectly no, safe. No, 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 no. All right. That's just free since never. That now are you fun. are you gonna do Harry Styles or are you gonna do the whole band? Oh my god. By the way, Harry Styles shaped his head. <gasps> I know. I'm so excited. Sorry. That's which like which means Harry Styles is balding. All yeah. right. That's Ladies and gentlemen, story. listeners, this is Flannery, and she's going to tell you about One Direction. Hit it. Okay. So, where where do I start? Like, what do I? What 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 do you want people to know about One Direction? Why are they great? Um, they're great because they started on a talent show, and they didn't even like mean to be a band, and then they were just put together by this random guy to be a band because they they all got cut from the talent show because they weren't good enough singers. And then the, <laughs> Explains the host, a lot. The host put them all together and like had them like, you can only stay in the competition if you're a band. So they didn't even know each other. And then they got third place in the whole competition. And then they were a band for five years. And, and they're still a band. Yeah. But they're, they're on, just a on a break, but they're going to get break. back together. They're just on a break right now. A hiatus. Is All right, Harry Styles the one who wears the skirts on Vogue? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what, what song are we going to listen to and why this? Well, talk about it after the song. Well, so, I want to talk about it before the song. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. So. So tell Jeff what to get ready. He's going to get the song ready. Walking in the wind. All right. Okay. So basically. On the fourth year of being a band, Zane left the band mm-hmm. because he didn't want to. He just didn't want to be in One Direction anymore. It was very heartbreaking for everybody. And so this song, like everybody thinks, there's like bad blood with the rest of the band uh-huh. and Zane. But there's a rumor that this song is like their goodbye to Zane. Oh, and like it's like them saying goodbye on their last album without him. Oh, he's not on the song. No. Poor Zane. So they just want him to like listen to it. And like that's that's the rumor. Zane has a neck tattoo now. I know. Okay. Well, Harry shaved his head, so Harry shaved his head. All right, hit it. 
Say that again. You gotta listen to the lyrics. Lyrics. Okay. A week ago, you said to me, Do you believe I'll never be too far? If you lost, just look for me. You'll find me in the region of the summer stars. The fact that we can sit right here and say goodbye means we've already won. The necessity for apologies between you and me, baby, there is none. Ah, ooh, we had some good times, didn't we? Ah, ooh. Some good tricks of our sleeve. Goodbye's a bittersweet, but it's not the end. I'll see your face again. That's good stuff. That's a good choice. And they are also, so not only like one of the best selling bands in English history, one of the best touring bands in English history. Huge tours. Huge tours. Like not like almost Taylor Swift level tours. Almost Taylor Swift level. Um, Jeff Simons, can you name a Harry Styles song? Yeah, man. I like that last Harry record. Oh, good. Um, as it was or whatever the song. I like that yeah. song. I actually really like watermelon sugar too. That's uh, another thing. Occasionally, I say to myself when I'm in the kitchen, if there's a watermelon sugar. on the counter, I'm definitely going to be like, "Watermelon sugar." <laughs> like, I'm gonna, like, I do it walking walking through the grocery store. I see the watermelon. No, Harry Styles. I don't have any problem with Harry Styles, and I actually don't have any problem with One Direction. It's a little too. I don't like the production. The production's a little too bright for me. Um, Nina very immediately identified it as uh, this song's very Paul Simon uh, adjacent. Yep. Yep. Or or maybe Vampire Weekend for those of you who are younger and don't know who Paul Simon is. But um, Flannery, if you don't own uh, Graceland by Paul Simon, you should pick that record up because you will really like it based on this based on this song. Ben, did so your he's girl? Not, he's not a cute boy band guy. Paul Simon is a leprechaun, no. <laughs> but his records are pretty good. He's adorable. Uh, ben, did your girls ever like One Direction? They like Harry Styles, but I do not recall them being big One Direction people. They were beyond that at that that stage. Yep. Well, I like. Um, tell me who I like. What's the guy's name? Good. You t- like Nile? N- no. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Nile. Yeah. Nile. What? Horan. Yeah, Nile Horan. I am. I'd like him to be in my movie. Uh, I think you'd make a great uh, character of Mickey. Uh, I think he can play a Prince song on stage. I think he's a pretty good guitarist. I've seen Nile play. He's now on uh, The Voice on uh, NBC, which I'm bummed about because I needed him to kind of stay at this star uh, level yeah. to be in my movie. Yeah, but maybe he'll need some indie cred after doing The Voice, and that's where you come maybe in. Maybe he will need some indie cred after doing One Direction. Um, he'll go right over to the masked singer and just chase the fame dragon. We'll find out. No. No. Uh, Flannery, thank you so much for being on the podcast. That was the highlight of my Oh, good. That was amazing. Really well done. Flannery, what's the name of the podcast? 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Hey, that is correct. So good. All right, get to bed. Bye, Flann. 
All right, y'all. It's, Nina, thank you so much for being with us. This is super joyful to see you here uh, to take part in this. I'm just over the moon. Thank you. Oh, the pleasure was mine. It was really fun to watch you all in action. And I see that the magic trio, uh, <laughs> see now how the magic happens. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, we're, we'll take it on the I road soon. If you have 30 seconds, I have an unreleased oh. single to share with the podcast. Oh, go. Oh, let's yes, go. Please. Yeah, please. Um, so uh, there's a composer I like called A.C. Rose, and he dropped a single called End of a Gun, which is um, a protest against gun violence. And he dropped a whole record called How the Other Half Lives on October 6th. And this is the next, next single, which hasn't been released yet, which is an anti-war song. And Jeff, you have it in Dropbox. I sure do. In fact, I'm about to play it right now. And oh, the vocalist, by the way, the composer, yeah, is Clover, featuring Clover. Okay, AC Rose featuring Clover. Once upon a time, we would have taken to the streets. Now we cut our losses, we accept all our defeats. The race is always to the swift, the victory to the bold. But what good would that do us if the center doesn't hold? Haunted by the soldiers fighting wars that never end. Haunted by the generals always losing who pretend that man makes right and profit is our duty to defend. Our right to log on anytime, the right to get and spend. Darkness and noon, shadows fall across the sky. Women cry out as they watch their young men die. Men rule the earth in the service of their gods, foolishly. That's good. Clover. A lot of that anti-gun violence writing going around, I'll say critically. Jeff's Jeff's newest song is about gun violence as well. May or may not not be about it and may or may not be coming out in the next two months. We'll see. Yeah. Every five minutes. Yeah. Shush. Shush. Oh, I. Sorry, I I I finally listened to it. I really liked it. I oh, good. Really... I made I made it a lot better. Ben gave me Ben. I used all your notes. It's, it's like oh, good. It's like three twenty seven. It's like a oh, appreciate it on this. So I did not really understand a lot of Ben's notes, but I'm glad you did. So that's good. <laughs> uh, so that was AC Rose with Clover, and that album came out what just in October. You said. October sixth, but that song is uh is the ra- is a radio edit that's about to be released. And um, AC Rose uh is uh they're the initials of the middle names of our children. Oh, Alan Charles Rose, which may give you a clue as to how I know the composer AC Rose. <laughs> well done, <laughs> love it. Yeah, congratulations. hey, all right, good. Oh, that's Thank fun. You for no, that was awesome. Super great stuff. All right, uh, gentlemen, we got to get out of England, but we're going to probably need some gas yes. before we go. On to Liverpool.
That'll be exciting. We're going to get gas in Liverpool, and we're going to see Everton play. Go, Everton. Up the toffees. Uh, All right. Well done, y'all. Well done. Have a great night. Thanks, Ellis. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Dina. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.